when the friends of Jesus, uh, when Lazarus passed away, and Mary and Martha, they sent for him to come. Actually, they sent for him to come. He was away in another place, and it was Capernaum or someplace. But uh, they sent, please come, Lord, the one you love is sick and dying. Please come immediately. But he didn't go. And uh, by the time he reached there, Lazarus had already passed away. His body was inside this kind of tomb, wrapped in bandage. And they sealed the tomb and everything. So he went. And uh, then one of the girls, I think Mary, came and says, Lord, if you were only here earlier, my brother would not have died. And Jesus said, He will raise again. And she said, Yes, I know all will raise on the day of, of resurrection. But if you were only here earlier, you know, you would have been alive now. And he was very touched. And it says, in the shortest sentence in the whole Bible, it said, Jesus wept because he was very touched, very moved. And being moved in the spirit also, he called out, Please take me to this tomb. And they took him to the tomb. And he says, Remove the stone. And she said, We cannot do this because his body has been in there uh, for a few days and is decomposing. So they moved it on his request. And he said, Lazarus, come out. And somehow life returns to this body, and this figure was seen coming to the front of the tomb, like this. And then I say, since these days, two thousand years ago, different people all over the world have been calling, Mary, come out. <laughs> George, wake up. <laughs> George, wake up. <laughs> Samantha, come forth. Say <laughs> so, no. The words are the same, but the authority is different. No authority. Because the man cannot do it. It has to be something that arises out of the depth of that consciousness. When Jesus spoke like as a man, he says, By my own will I can do nothing. I can only drive out demons by the finger of God. Another time he says, I and the Father are one. What do you mean? So only really that pure intelligence can understand these variations of expression. One man came and says, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he answered, Why do you call me good? There is none good but God. Then he says, I and the Father are one. Then they say, Can you show me the Father? And they said, what are you saying? You know, I'm here standing with you. Mm. How can I show you the Father? I'm here standing with you. <laughs> so how can we align all these different, apparently different statements? What was different then? According to the capacity of each one, he addressed them according to their capacity to understand. It's no use telling like a child actually about quantum physics or something. Mm. Not yet. The potential is there, the capacity is not. I remember one of your, the first satsangs I watched that uh, you mentioned about you, you're talking to someone and, and you said, 
remember uh, think of the wave and the ocean like you're just a wave in a whole ocean just merging to the ocean mm-hmm. and then someone else asked another question and you said for you you forget about being the wave in the oh, ocean they were asking yeah but about this thing about the wave and i don't see this and something <laughs> and, and then and you said to the guy no no you're just the ocean just mm-hmm. accept you're just the ocean mm-hmm. and then someone else said but uh, being the ocean this mm-hmm. and and you said you are nothing just forget about the ocean and the wave <laughs> <laughs> and i remember I was so so in the same like the same statement like three different people were just going deeper and deeper it was so interesting somehow the resting place for the mind which presently we are referring to as ourself is that vast nothingness it's like the absolute space of rest if we want to even call it rest because it's not really rest it doesn't it's greater than rest it's isness even to say rest it's not quite what it is to say but in our human mind our human language tradition we we have to use a word like rest because it it carries that fragrance so something is resting but the self is not at rest because it was never restless it's not at rest it is supreme perfect isness you know my efforts have always been to to bring the attention beyond effort because it's always picking up an effort wherever there is intention Whenever there is intention, there is some tension, because something is restless. It's it's searching. It's moving. It's aspiring. It's it's like this. But however subtle that vibration is, itself is a phenomenon. Because what is here, and when I speak like this. You don't have to turn your head in any direction. In the most pure, in the core of the being, and it has no distance. There is no gap. There is no distance, except the distance of a concept, distance of thought. But really, we are that. But just the belief I am not that uh, brings in the feeling of separation. So um, that is the per- that's our perfect place. Only there you can leave the world alone. Only there you can leave the world alone. You can leave yourself alone. And it's as though you are functioning only through the eye of perception. Like you're only your eyes alone, and there's perceiving, but there's no effort, there's no intention, there's no management. <coughs> One is not trying to manage one's body or existence. There's no philosophy. There's no belief system. There's no faith, no hope. None of these things are there. They have their beginning and their life in the mind. When we come in the mind, 
when we come into the field of separation and the idea of identity, then all of these other concepts they come alive and with full potency, full virility, you know, to match the degree of our belief we are the body. That's where it is. Beyond that, beyond meaning right here, there's no effort. Where there's no effort, that alone is called natural. Where there's effort, also natural. Nature expresses true effort also, but uh, only really to keep this, the game of manifestation going. For the joy of the supreme. It is the greatest show on earth. With the mind and identity, this world is seen vividly. All the components, all the parts, all the names and the forms have meaning, virility, potency, effect, impact. You are in the dance of existence, in the line of growing and processing and evolution. All of that is the dance of the consciousness and the life force, the big soup. And each of us feel like we are an ingredient in that soup, moving, coming closer to being cooked, to be eaten by God. I don't know if people perceive it like that, but and yet, in the blink of an eye, all of that is watched as just going on by itself. I am not a participant. Who knows this truth? I am not a participant even. Just the observing is taking place. But the idea of participating is not a bad one. Otherwise, why is it all here? Something feels like it is both participating and not participating. That this world is and is not, and that it's not fixed. It has no fixed meaning. In each instrument, it's taking a different meaning, shaped by mood, by education, by so many things. Nothing is still. It's a very liquid universe. Everything is flowing. And the illusion or delusion, if anything is the attempt to try and make absolute what is by nature relative. And then somehow something pops out out of that delusion, and it is seen that everything is carrying on, including, including this body, including the breath, including the, the thought process, including the sense of identity, is also our phenomenality. And it's just being played like an instrument in the great orchestra. Everything is played. And you are the audience also. Watching a projection of yourself moving in time and space, in relationship. But simply to be in that state where somehow everything is unfolding by itself. It's unfolding by itself. 
you are there also tasting tasting this experiencing being in it i am here also in this feeling the taste of uniqueness the taste of individuality the taste of otherness the taste of the senses of time and space all of this not afraid of it being very present in it but knowing it works by itself also and always sitting inside the lap of your own being at the same time and still outwardly appearing to be moving in time and space and having the emotions and the, and all of this but without delusion enjoy the dream but enjoy it being awake this is a good thing yeah Muji, i had a dream this night and when i woke up it was so real and then i thought about yesterday it was also very real yesterday yeah but is there any difference between yesterday and this dream i had mm. and what is now it's also kind of a dream because mm. it will disappear so Mm. What is watching this dream? Mm. So I, and then everything become little bit unreal. Again, we have to establish mm, what we mean by real, what we mean by dream. So we see that we're on the same page. Huh? What it means by dream? You see, what it means by dream. It's gone and there is no traces. Ah. That's that's what it is really. There's no trace of it. Yeah. It's like it was very real. What about memory? Would you call memory dream also? Yeah, it's also kind of a dream. But it's, it has trace, it's, no? It's a more kind of. Do you would you say? Can you say that some of our memory uh, also include dream? phenomenal dream sometimes what we think what comes into the memory bank can be also fragments from our dream states also in the phenomenal dream also that we actually when we remember them we think it actually happened yeah. that we don't have a clear distinction that was an actuality or was that imagination you see because i say this because there was a time in growing up when it was felt that you cannot change the past Somebody told you, you cannot change the past. It happened. It's like it's been stamped. It's finished. You can't change it. Then I came to see that the past is not true. The past is also interpretation. Yes, I found it. It's it's not a fact. It's not a it's not a fact. It's just as as illusory, and and we are adding constantly to the past. We are constantly reinterpreting the past. So it's not fixed at all. You see. Like the time is one continuum, and where is past or present, it's all like a mix. Even the future is kind of mix. Our intention is mix. It's deriving its energy from past, from memory, and like this. Then you ask, but what, what, uh, but something perceive all of this? Is that independent of all of this? Because somehow. At different time in our life, we can say if we could do this, to look at markations of 
five years you're looking when you're five years old in the mirror you see a face you have a sense of yourself at 10 you look in the mirror you have a sense of yourself is different 15 20 25 30 35 we're looking and each time this kind of interpretation or self-portrait is changing the sense of who you think you are and at each stage of your mm, self-assessment you feel passionately this is me this is passionately me you'll fight for what you believe in you see like this and yet throughout all these stages mm, there is something continuous but there's something is always changing so which you is the real you is it how we feel about ourselves because how you felt 5 years ago your belief system your whole ideology your own personal philosophy and mythology and all of this thing uh, that made you feel this is me I'm proud to be me I'm not you hmm? could we fit you back from here 5 years ago and slip you back in the same psychic body emotional body mental body would it fit would you be happy <laughs> so which which of these stages is is the real us you me any of them all of them some of them none of them because at a certain point you're finding it hard to retrieve things in memory no even in satsang especially many things are not staying you do you know why is it a kind of uh, amnesia or or some form of parkinsons or <laughs> what they call it what is it alzheimer's, alzheimer's or something i don't know you're a maybe, nurse you might know about this because it's not received by the mind huh maybe it's because it's not received by the mind what is not received by the mind like why it's no there's no memory sometimes <coughs> of satsang what what has been spoken in satsang not just in satsang generally but i don't know if your memory is working more for phenomenal things now is your memory still active for storing mm, you know kind of like material knowledge or or personal information it must be that in satsang the tendency to remember thing to to in order to keep your your personal account healthy that that must be slipping somehow mm. because if you are shifting gear from the personal uh, to from person to presence because mind and was working a lot in memory to store information to keep the sense of individuality and identity together to keep it strong so it has to be work you know because they say it's like even in normal life they give you if you're in working they give you what 3 weeks holiday a year or something if they gave you 7 weeks you may not want to go back to work something begins to just relax again into a way and the energy to go back to work is not there in three, in 2 weeks it maybe it's not broken or our conditioning is so strong that you you just relate yourself to work and you have to go back and you miss it or if you love your work anyway it goes on like this which is fine but many people don't seem to like their work so for them 3 weeks would be a tragedy for their bosses something has to work to keep the the 
person going. A person takes effort and energy. It takes a lot of energy to be a person, because it's not our truth. And to hold your sense of who you are and and what you are about together, it takes energy. It takes no energy to be yourself. But once we're in the in that place where we are very strongly identified with person, it would take a lot of energy, it seems, to be the self. <laughs> it seems like this, because it's being done with the mind. When it's not being done with the mind, and only the self is shining by itself effortlessly, no effort is there. That, the weight, uh, the the power that goes to supply energy to the personal identity, that will be changing somehow. And uh, because the the self, in the form of I am, has no need to remember yesterday what it was doing or who it who it needs to be. So then spontaneity come, because spontaneity was held back a little bit, in order to create much more a strategy for living and a way to be. When you're coming back again into your own natural being, it doesn't have to rehearse. It doesn't have to practice to be what it is. It's just discovering what I am, what I am. and there's a, a, relax, a relaxation in that. Memory becomes spontaneous also. It's not working to keep a psychological identity together. Everything becomes fresh. Then a lot of details, a lot of data, which just create that kind of claustrophobia in the mind. Holding on to so much information, that begins to open up more space, more emptiness is there. There was a fear previously that not being able to remember also sometimes we perceive as a huge catastrophe because the sense of self is held into that tight memory bank. So if that opens up and the sense of a personal self is not on the front page, and everything is just appearing in this. When one searches for the background of the feeling I, of the I me, or the I thought, it's just the response to this is kind of just space, mm-hmm. which initially the mind cannot deal with. It freaks out. It's thinking, no, 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 no. I'm, my life is vanishing, and my friends are going. All of this, but it's not like that, actually. You're coming again into your universality. And to cross this bridge, uh, many won't be afraid. The feeling is so much is invested into the terrestrial existence, into the the identity of being a person. That fear comes because we feel, but without being a person, who can I be? I'll be nothing. And this is why I said that is the nothing that comes from the mind, which is always something fearful, like you know, you are you are nothing. They don't see that I am nothing can feel like vastness, like the most pure, the most universal, that you are universal even in your understanding, your appreciation for other beings, that doesn't have to go through your pride of saying, Yes, you know, I care about these people. It doesn't have to be expressed like that. It's just uh, your natural universality that encompasses or embraces the whole world. And it seems like giving up or exchanging something which is like the security of being private. We have fear. We have a fear of losing the sense of privacy. 
that you'll be too open, too transparent, too big. All of this is fears coming from the mind. And I think only for these reasons why the Buddha is not evident and visible. Because to return to one's own Buddha nature is like the person standing in the way and is a fierce competitor. The person, the personal notion, is a fierce competitor. He will not give up his position first place. The person has no independent existence. The person is a blend or a marriage between being and personality, being and uh, conditioning, believed programming, identification, I am the body. That blend of being and conditioning is arising as the seeker, as the, the one who is me. So beyond that, beyond that, not in time and not in distance. Beyond that, not in time and not in distance though. What can why would I use the word beyond? Beyond means more pure. More pure is that untouched one. When we speak of the untouched one, the unborn, the uncreated, it is not an abstraction. It is not an abstraction. It is the most pure. The ultimate fulfilment of all striving. The resting place of all the gods the source of all the heavens, all the worlds. They are emanating out of that, that untouched one, the uncreated one. When that is recognised, one doesn't mind if all things go. And here is where our contemplation should come to rest and fulfilment in this. It should not be whirling around, producing more images, more intention, pretending that he's going for more refinement. Just that clear, uh, intuitive seeing, without imagination, without any creative energy, not creating, not imagining, pure seeing, pure intelligence. And I hope that when I speak like that, that we don't use imagination, because it's not required. Imagination is already one step removed from what is. It's already a fraud. It requires no imagination. Just the intelligence to look and see that whatever it is that is perceived on every any level of the senses, the mind, <coughs> intuition, that it's only a movement, a shadow, an image arising out of the imageless. And the source of the perceiving of the image itself is imageless. This we can confirm. Here we can confirm. It's not more time, it's not more experience needed. It's not a greater teaching, it's not teaching that's needed. No. Enough teaching. No understanding must confirm itself. Where are you looking from? 
all his senses they are proceeding out of this nothingness looking out into the world of apparent somethingness from the space of nothingness it's not an abstraction anyone who can confirm that even now you can see that is that is your call home that's the call home home without distance the innermost but you cannot look in any direction and find a line between the absolute and the relative it's like all one so the body is the world the mind is the spirit of some form and the absolute is the absolute but it's all one the visible world moves in time and space so it's subject to change to the the sense and the state of life and death to process and progress to action reaction interaction relationship to this and that you and me to the full range and spectrum of the play of interrelated opposites all of that is in the dynamic realm of what we call the manifest world we are also in that world in these bodies as consciousness as life force as the power to perceive and the power to introspect as the outseeing and the inseeing all of that is available for us so we came into that movement of time the sense of time space of other to understand ourselves even in the diversity of this manifest world to discover the unity in the diversity the unmoving in the moving the invisible inside the visible and to transcend without resentment and without judgment and to love this world as the expression and the body of god supposing everything we saw was speaking and saying something suppose the trees were speaking and arguing hey move over a bit you you know you're too tall you're standing in my way no 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 i can't bear any fruits because this one is near to me i shouldn't be planted next to you suppose the earth was kind of constantly screaming belching and burping suppose the winds were screaming oh, i don't know where to go i'm so miserable oh, i'm crashing into something <laughs> suppose the clouds themselves was always raining and crying oh no what a miserable place but open your eyes and look and how silent it all is <laughs> everything just is nothing is screaming everything moving in one harmony everything has their own language but they can speak without interfering with other species so we can live together so what a great creation what a great creating actually not a great creation what a great creating everything has its place living its life having full measure to enjoy its own existence and yet not interfering with the other beings what a great mind yet each thing has its play its part to play somehow to to bring everything 
in the manifest world, all the intelligence back towards the source. Every species has its own world, its own way of understanding, feeling completeness within its own existence. But it will trouble the other species also, in order to move them back, move them. Because when we come into these bodies, we start to identify. When you identify with this body, you want it to perpetuate, and it's not. It's not how it's meant to be. We're here for a time. Each person have a visa in this body. One day it will run out. Use the time well, you say. Yeah? Turn your mind to the source. Look outward, move outwardly, but inwardly remain in solitude, in serenity, by knowing uh, who you are like that. So all the things, all the all the all the, the mosquitoes and the ants and the tiger and everything is there somehow to bring that friction to remind us because without friction you will not wake up. Without that friction, without that tension, everybody goes to sleep. And to sleep unaware of our true nature is a kind of death. So suffering comes in the world, not as the spite of God, but God's compassion, I say. <laughs>